When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Laura Capon. And I'm Paisley Gilmore. And this week we'll be joined by Frankie, who's in an open marriage. So, um, Paisley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, a personal question. <laughs> yeah, I'm not married or, um, and I've never been in an open relationship, but I wondered, um, have you? I haven't, Laura Capon, but it, obviously this is my job talking about this kind of thing. And it's something that I've thought about a lot and tried to pursue, but I went about it the wrong way. So it didn't really go to plan. Is that because your partner wasn't into it? equally kind of thing yeah like we were already together and then I got this idea in my head that I wanted to try um opening the relationship but then like we were I I did it all wrong because it's one of those things the more people we talk to on here um like when we spoke to Karen the sex therapist and she said monogamy I can never say monogamy that it's so like dated and it doesn't actually suit people and then obviously we had the thruple and it does make me think I why do I not see that as an option as a viable option do you know what I mean why do you not see polyamory yeah it's something to me that I can't ever imagine being a part of yeah but that's that's just like any preference right like some people can see the institution of marriage as a load of old nonsense, but still want to get married because that's just what they want. So you can identify monogamy as a bit old fashioned, but also be like, well, it's still what I want to do. So the opposite is a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what if you had to pick, what do you think you would pick? Well, I don't know, because I've only tried monogamy and it hasn't really worked for me. And that's why I'm now thinking potentially, you know, this might be worth trying. So I don't know long term. But you would always pick monogamy, right? Yeah, but although I never tried the other. But also it's like, maybe I should just try and get one person and then then find a couple like more. But you did go on a swingers holiday, right? I mean, I'm saying right, like I don't know. I know you went on a swingers holiday. I went Um, on a swingers holiday. That is one. I mean, honestly, I'd like a whole episode on that. But um, (laughs) what were the couples like? Were they just like normal? Did they seem quite, um, do I use the word zany? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> my dad always said zany yes eric they were quite zany so, um well we went i i went with an ex-boyfriend who i was with in a monogamous relationship but things were going a bit badly and i wrongly thought that going on this holiday would mean i could screw other people and that would sort everything out which obviously in retrospect was a total 
you know, mistake. But um, so we met lots of other people and they were all young. It was like a, a special week for young people. And they were mainly Americans. So they were quite zany, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is just generalizing from the people I met. And it's not making a generalization about yeah. swingers or open relationship people in general. But they were just all a, like super sexual, which is fine. But I know in general, people who are in open relationships aren't all super sexual. It's not just about the sex. But these ones, I mean, they'd gone on holiday to, you know, shag. So they were yeah. rather zany. But like Kathy in the thruple, she wasn't like, she said she wasn't like super sexual, was she? Um, exactly. I don't know. I just feel like I kind of keep hearing about more and more thruples. And I'm like, is this the way, is this the way forward? I mean, I guess I'll have to um, question Frankie on that. But I guess it's just lucky that they found someone like you said, that wants to do it with them. It must be so hard if, like you said, if your partner wasn't into it. I don't know, to get two people that both want to make that leap. I don't know. I feel that's quite difficult. No, and I think it's really rare. And for it to work is, like, amazing. So I can't wait to hear about, like, the logistics of how they do it. Should we, um, I, I don't know why I always say roll her out as if she's uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming on a stage on, like, a chair that we're going to carry. Um, but um, I think we should just get Frankie on. We're joined today by Frankie Cookney, a 36-year-old sex writer. Frankie has been married to her husband for four years, but they've been together for over 10. About five years in, they decided to open their relationship, meaning they now both regularly date and sleep with other partners. They also have a two-year-old child together. Hi, Frankie. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. So I'm very intrigued. I feel like we should just get straight into it. Sure. Um, can you give us a background to how you met um, the beginning of your relationship? So, yeah, we met 10 years ago on uh, a dating website because kids, apps weren't invented in those days. Um, <laughs> so it was an actual website where you had to type with your fingers. Um and um, yeah, we went on a first date and hit it off and obviously kind of the de- relationship developed from there. And when we met, we were had definitely both monogamous, had never, never been in an open relationship before. Don't think I even really knew terms like non-monogamous or polyamory at that time. But we were both really interested in like discussing sex and relationships outside of the box, you know, just sort of like questioning why do things have to be a certain way? So we'd always, I think that's one thing that I always say to people is like, we'd always had loads of conversations about sex and relationships that were sort of like, hmm, what if this? And why do people do that? So once we sort of discovered the idea of non-monogamy, it wasn't that crazy to us by that point. Have you always been a sex writer as well? No, I've always been a journalist. um, And then I guess my interest in sex uh, writing yeah. As opposed to having <laughs> kind of um, <laughs> developed, uh, I mean, I've been a journalist for um, like 12, 13 years now. So I suppose it developed over that time. So I was on staff at a national newspaper um, for the first seven years of my career. I've been freelance now for about four or five years. Um, and basically, one of the reasons I went freelance was to focus a bit more on writing about sex. So I guess you could kind of time it from then. Coincidentally, that's about when my husband and I, um, boyfriend at the time, decided to start sort of dipping a toe in the water and seeing how we felt about sleeping with other people. 
So were you already engaged or had you talked about marriage by then? Or were you literally just in a couple? Yeah, we lived together. Um, mm-hmm. We probably moved in together after about three years. So we've been living together for a couple of years. Um, I don't think we discussed marriage. I mean, at that time, I didn't. I wasn't really interested in getting married. It wasn't something that was a priority for me at all. Um, I knew I wanted to have kids one day. So we'd kind of, you know, discussed the future in inverted commas, but we hadn't kind of laid out any specific plan for what we wanted to do. And I, but I think we both felt pretty secure that our future was going to be together. It's more that, you know, we hadn't kind of done any like state sanctioned um, (laughs) uh, methods of solidifying that. But we've been together for about five years and we were like, definitely very solid. And then how did you come to have the conversation and bring up polyamory as an option? I don't think it was one conversation. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's hard for me to pinpoint it now, but I feel like we had a lot of conversations. I do know that when we met, I was already pretty sceptical about the idea of like long-term sexual monogamy, like like over the course of a lifetime, um, just because I felt like it seemed like an impossible ask of somebody to just sleep with the same person for their entire life. However, I do know that when I met Rob, he was actually... I don't think he would mind me saying that he was quite a jealous person to the point that he didn't even really like me talking about my exes. Wow, okay. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's a journey. (laughs) I know, I know, but that's, when I remember that now, I'm like, fuck me, he's so amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about him is he's always been super open-minded and really up for having the conversations about this stuff and really thinking about it. So I guess that's how we got here. We must have just had various, various conversations. And then I think we just started thinking about what we could do that was a bit experimental. It wasn't really like, oh, okay, let's try polyamory. It was more like we both quite liked the idea of a threesome, let's say. That felt like a pretty safe thing to do. Now, obviously, knowing what I know now, technically having threesomes, having group sex, things like that does count as non-monogamy. At the time, I don't think we really thought about it like that. We were just like, oh, threesome sounds hot. Let's do that. (laughs) How did you go about your first threesome? Sorry. um, Just love a bit of threesome chat over here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't remember the exact app, but we basically got on the apps and... um, kind of wrote a profile uh well one of us wrote a profile but it was like it was very honest very upfront he probably had one I probably had one me and my partner boyfriend slash girlfriend um looking for a third let's chat kind of thing yeah our very first threesome we met a girl we went for wine probably too much wine because you kind of do in those situations because you're like oh my god I've never done this before it's really scary so so you still go on like um a date first well you know yeah (laughs) That's I mean, I don't know. It's because the way you phrased it, you were like, so you go on a date first. I was like, yes, when you come to the school of threesomes, what we teach you <laughs> is that you go on a date first. <laughs> we did. That's what we did. Yes. And I think even now I would always want to have a drink with somebody before I had sex with them, even in a one on one context. So maybe that's just how I roll. To be fair, it seems sensible. It does. And also, isn't that like part of the build up, like the flirting and the like that? Oh, I'd want all of the date stuff myself. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And even the the like slight awkwardness of it is kind of excitement as well, right? Yeah. When you're kind of, you're there going, is this really going to happen? Are we going to do this? And then oh, there's something I'm like, somebody under my like, so, oh. Are you cringing? <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think you've got to just I lean am. into the cringe. You know what I mean? You've got to be like 
okay yeah I'm cringing but like I'm cringing because it's exciting yeah maybe <laughs> am I selling it to you <laughs> you are so after that first threesome um I'm guessing that was like a really positive experience yes I hope so it feels like quite a long time ago now we we probably debriefed a bit the next day with with the woman that we met just to check that she was fine and she'd had a nice time and stuff and she was pretty enthusiastic and you know keen to meet up again um we actually didn't end up meeting up again just because you know schedules or whatever but from mine and Rob's point of view yeah it just felt like we'd done this cool sexy thing together really and do you think it brought you closer together in a a weird way well, not weird, but in, I guess what I assumed to be a bit different. I guess it did in the sense that, like, we were both interested in pursuing this sexual thing and we'd done it together and that was nice. You know, like a like a shared interest, a common hobby. Women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the actual sex, I don't know that that especially brought us closer, but it was definitely hot to sort of see my partner of five years in situation I'd never seen him in before. And I think it was the same for him as well. And did you specifically pick that you wanted to open up to women? Um, we did. So I'm bisexual anyway. So that was kind of an easy one. And I know it's a massive cliche and I sometimes feel like I've done a disservice to the bi community by being a cliche. <laughs> Basically, when the idea of having a threesome with another woman was mooted, it was something I was immediately up for. Whereas when we talked about my fantasies of being a threesome with a guy, it was clear that was going to be a bit trickier because, you know, there were more boundaries there about who wanted to get involved with whom. The compromise. Yeah. But a happy one, hey? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> How did it go from like the first threesome to what it is now? We probably stuck to sort of meeting people for threesomes, different people for a couple of years and that makes it sound like we were having threesomes every weekend which we definitely weren't like I would say in total over about two years we maybe had like four threesomes mm -hmm. possibly five it was good and it was fun and then all of that time we were sort of talking about how we felt about it and if anyone felt jealous or how they felt seeing you know how I felt seeing him with another woman how he felt seeing me with another woman how he might feel seeing me with a man and you know just keeping those lines of communication open at all times and so eventually we sort of got to a point where we thought okay well how would we feel about dating separately and we both felt comfortable enough with it to give it a try but it was very much with the proviso of well we'll we'll check afterwards you know if one of us goes on a date with somebody and the other one feels horrible about it then that's obviously a conversation we'll have it wasn't just like okay open the floodgates let's go <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> however, one thing that we did do, and I think this is like at the time I didn't know because I didn't really, I wasn't really part of the polyamory community. I didn't really, I definitely didn't have any other friends who were um, experimenting with non-monogamy. So I didn't know that this was a really common thing for straight couples. But the first thing we did was we opened it up so that we, it was okay to just, for me to just date women, uh, but not men. And it's a bit icky because people like there's a there's definitely a conversation to have about like hmm why is one okay and not the other but I just think every relationship like you know your own relationship and to me at the time that felt like an okay compromise to see how we get on with it so yeah so I went on a few dates with women and that was really fun and I definitely sort of enjoyed the freedom of it 
and enjoyed that feeling of like dating again because I hadn't done that for so long and it was it was absolutely terrifying as well I had proper first date nerves also because I was like I literally haven't been on a date in about six years I think I've forgotten how to do it like (laughs) you know like everything like what do I wear how much should I drink how do you like kiss someone (laughs) who's not your boyfriend (laughs) um and then he started going on a few dates with women as well and then I felt fine about that and then basically as time went on he was dating women and that was going okay and then eventually it got to a point where I was like listen I think it's now at a stage where it's quite unfair that I that I'm not dating men and I think it's it's getting to me like it's an itch I need to scratch and it's a big hurdle for his feelings of jealousy but I was like but I think I think it's something that we need to kind of get past so I went on a first date with a guy and then turned out that was actually okay. And Rob was like, oh, you know, actually didn't freak out like it was all right. So from there, we've both been kind of dating quite freely. Now, I should probably throw in that we had a baby in the middle of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I definitely had a, we had a hiatus of about a year and a half. I did have this fantasy that I was going to be one of those fabulous pregnant women that like, still goes out and parties and um dates other people (laughs) and then actually it turned out I was just like really tired so (laughs) fair enough yeah right from opening up your relationship as someone that's sort of never done it before is there something that you felt you were missing or did you want to open it because you wanted like more sex or you felt you were missing out on connections like what was it that you felt you were missing from your relationship to want to include and see other people um I definitely don't think it felt like anything was missing I think it it originally arose out of just a just a curiosity of just generally being curious about sleeping with other people because it's a different experience you know same as like making new friends and going to new restaurants and visiting new countries like it's just new experiences are interesting and then I suppose it was more thinking like further down the line in a relationship you know when you've been with someone for 15 20 years I suppose what I anticipated missing rather than what I missed at the time was novelty and excitement and that kind of thing yeah um so I guess it's not like I felt anything was missing but I suppose I was thinking about further down the line there might be something I want that I can't get from a long-term relationship. And it wasn't just about sex. It was more about the feeling of meeting somebody new. And, you know, even when you make a new friend, it's really exciting, isn't it? Because you're learning all about them and they're kind of reflecting back to a version of you that you're like, oh, I'm quite quite fun and funny. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? 
Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And like your flatmates who've lived with you for three years are just like, oh, yeah, you again. Whereas your new friend is like, oh, my God, you're so funny. I'll have to tell you about this. And it's really nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, so I think it's I think it's that. I mean, um, Queen Esther Perel, um, sex and relationships therapist, <laughs> um, she talks about how um, when people have affairs, when they cheat, um, they don't go looking for another person. They go looking for another self. I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, that's not a direct quote. But that always really struck me is that it's not that you're it's not that your partner's missing anything. It's that you've stopped feeling about yourself what you felt when you were first with them. That's so interesting. And I think that I think that non-monogamy allows you to explore that a little bit. And do you ever get jealous, or um, does Rob ever get jealous? <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, tell us, tell um, us. So, funnily enough, if you'd asked me this question, maybe like two three years ago I would have gone no I'm just not a jealous person like you know with my halo I like I'm so perfect model of non-monogamy um but actually um what I've discovered is that it really depends on the person in the situation one thing I can say quite confidently is that I don't really get jealous of Rob and I think the reason for that is because we've been together for 10 years now like he is my best friend um you know he's the father of my child he's my partner we live together and I just feel so secure in that relationship and and we we communicate about everything and we just always know where we stand with each other um and so it sounds trite but when he goes off and sees his girlfriend and has a nice time I genuinely feel happy for him in the same way that I would if he was going off to see his mates to have a good time. Okay. Or, you know, like going off to the football with his best mate, which is a thing he absolutely loves and that makes him happy and I don't get it at all. But that's fine because I've got my own interests. And it it kind of feels like that for me with him. But what I've realised is that not <laughs> every person I've dated has made me feel so secure. Um so yeah, I've definitely had issues with jealousy when I've met partners who maybe weren't super communicative or about how many other people they were seeing, people who were, you know, not not as available as I wanted them to be. You know, like I'd sort of say, oh, so should we hang out next weekend? And they'd be like, oh, sorry, hon, busy, maybe three weeks. And then I would start to feel flickers of jealousy, like, oh, they're obviously with somebody else more interesting, more exciting than me. Do you put a cap on it? Like, um, could you see someone and then have a long-term relationship with that person? Or do you try and keep it that you're just, I don't know if you would call it external relationships, sorry if I'm being offensive, um, that they're more casual? No. 
no, that seems like quite a good way of putting it, external relationships. No, I mean, the thing is, I don't, we, I don't think we've really tested that because it hasn't been long enough. So I guess come back to me in five years. <laughs> <laughs> Add to my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> but Rob, so for example, right now, Rob has a girlfriend who he's been with for about, I guess it's coming up to a year and a half. Um, and then he has another partner who he sees uh, a bit more sporadically. And I suppose you could call that more casual, but I don't want to, I don't love the word casual because it sort of implies you don't care about that person, which isn't really what it means. It's just more like you just see each other a bit less regularly, I suppose. And then I've got a boyfriend who I've been seeing for... God, you lose track of time in lockdown, don't you? Does it even count in lockdown? Am I even seeing him right now? Um, but I guess like seven or eight months. This is this is wild to me. I'm, I'm loving it. Keep going. <laughs> the thing I'm most interested in, because a lot of my friends are now starting to say meet people on dating apps who, who are also um, in open relationships. So I wonder, do you tell someone that that's the situation before you meet them? Do you tell them on the first date? And and how do they often react? Because I guess some people are still quite, they have misconceptions about it, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's all on my dating profile. So like if I'm on uh, OkCupid or if I'm on Hinge or if I'm on, um, you know, Bumble, whichever one, um, it's all on there. So like literally among the first things it says in my profile is that I'm married, non-monogamous, and I have a kid because that's also something that's quite important to let people know because it impacts on Mm -hmm. my time and my scheduling and um you know how available I'm likely to be so there's no way they could miss it really but I do tend to have a bit of a chat like the first part of messaging tends to be sort of just checking you've clocked that and that like do you have any questions or but to be honest with you these days I tend to only really match with people who also say that they're non-monogamous or polyamorous just because it's going to be easier. Um, there's going to be less explaining. And you you hope that you're sort of starting from a bit of a common understanding, I suppose. That's not to say I wouldn't date somebody, but, you know, I wouldn't not date somebody who had never been in a polyamorous relationship before. But I there's probably a part of me that would think, oh, this is going to be a lot of emotional labor <laughs> yeah and god knows probably already doing enough of that as it is in life um, <laughs> one thing I'm really interested in is you actually wrote a piece about cheating and what counts as cheating when you are non-monogamous and so what's your like boundaries regarding that I think that's really interesting because obviously everybody everybody draws the line in sort of different places you know because there are people who would say that it was okay to do certain sex activities with an external partner but not others um and that's pretty wild to me um because I mean like sex is sex like I don't know I just like the idea of somebody else telling me what kind of sex I can and can't have is like pretty abhorrent but uh, you know each to their own I, I think people just are going to do what makes them feel safe and you know a lot of our rules probably sounded a bit strict but the point is they weren't forever they were just like this is where we're at right now and then let's see. And I would say these days, we don't have quite as many sort of like written rules, if you like. There's no, there's not as many kind of hard and fast rules, but we tend to operate on a, the premise of we always discuss things beforehand. So I wouldn't go on a date or hook up with somebody 
without saying anything to Rob beforehand at this point. Um, and that includes obviously, you know, it doesn't have to be the specifics. So for example, if I went to, let's say I went to like a sex party with some friends, I, would, I wouldn't I would like text Rob <laughs> from the party being like, by the way, somebody wants to have sex with me, like just letting you know this is happening. What I would do is before I even went out for, to like pregame and that evening, I would say, okay, so how are you feeling about me going out tonight? Like I'm pretty open to playing with people, just want to check how you're feeling. Um, and then assuming he said, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, all good, then I wouldn't bother to check in with him again after that. But yeah, we do tend to, We, I suppose one of our rules is if I'm meeting somebody new and I'm going to go back to theirs, I would always send him the address. But that just seems sensible, right? I mean, yeah. like single people do that with their friends when they're on a date. So that kind of feels more about just safety than it than about um, jealousy or anything. It's so funny now because obviously, like, neither of us are dating at the moment. So I'm like, dates? What? What even are they? <laughs> um, we don't know, Frankie. You're asking two of the worst people. About that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well. I think basically what we what we tend to do now is anytime something new comes up that want, that we haven't done before. We'll, we'll talk about it first. So, for example, the first time Rob had a weekend away with his girlfriend, he obviously kind of raised that with me and asked if how I felt about that. And then ditto the first time I went away with my boyfriend where I was going to stay overnight in a hotel and, like, out of town. I was like, how do you feel about that? Um, and it's never to sort of ask permission. It's more just to see if that person's got any feelings they want to talk about, you know? Yeah. So to kind of, I mean, I honestly could talk about this all day. I'm so fascinated. But to kind of like wrap up, do you think more people should be open to polyamory? So I'm really wary about saying it's enhanced our relationship because I don't like the idea that these other people in our lives are only there to make mine and Rob's relationship better. Um, That's interesting. You know, like Rob's girlfriend isn't her purpose isn't to make mine and Rob's marriage stronger. Like she's an individual in her own right and their relationship exists in its own right. Um, ditto my relationship with my boyfriend. What I will say is that I know that she makes him really happy and I know that he has a really good time with her and he, he um, you know, they have like a really good relationship. Um, they kind of enrich each other's lives. They've got similar interests that they talk about. And he also, because... Um, you know, they've got certain interests in common, like music that he and I maybe don't have quite so much. So that's something he can do with her that he maybe doesn't do with me. So that's really nice. Um, you know, like go to sort of classical music concerts and stuff. And I guess ultimately his relationship with her makes him really happy. And him being happy is obviously a good thing for our relationship, but it isn't a direct cause and effect. Do you know what I mean? And could you go back to a monogamous relationship now? It's really hard to imagine it. I think that um, I think there probably will be times in our lives when we are sort of monogamous just because that's the way things are panned out. Perhaps neither of us are seeing anybody. Um, you know, if we have if we had more kids in the future, there would almost certainly be a period where I, for one, wasn't dating anybody. Um, you know, if one of us got sick or something, that might be a time when you say, okay, well, maybe put other relationships on hold because you know, I'm going to need more support. I don't think it, I don't think we would close the relationship again, if that makes sense. But I, th I could see there being times when it sort of just logistically didn't make sense to be dating. But I don't think 
I don't think we would intentionally end any existing relationships in order to do that. It would be more like if things naturally came to an end and there was just a period of sort of monogamy, accidental monogamy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I suppose it's that question of like, people do ask this in the polyamory community, like, are you still polyamorous if you're not dating anyone? And obviously, because we've only been talking from the point of view of a couple who've opened up their relationship, but there are also solo poly people out there um people who you know to the monogamous world look like they're single but who have different partners if those people aren't dating anyone are they still polyamorous in the same way that people ask by women who are with men oh so are you straight now are you still bi like your identity is still your identity even if you're not sort of actively doing it oh you did ask me if i thought other people should be open to yeah it's not, yeah i don't think people should do anything um i think that a lot of monogamous folks would really benefit from some of the kind of communication exercises and the thinking that goes into a non-monogamous relationship um particularly defining where your boundaries are when it comes to jealousy because i think that monogamous people often don't do that and then people end up getting upset by things that the other person didn't even know was an issue like maybe texting a a colleague or something or having a flirty chat on Twitter I do think that sort of thing tends to happen a lot less in non-monogamous relationships because you've 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 been quite clear about what's okay and what's not so those are some things that I do think monogamous folks um would benefit from but I certainly don't think anyone should uh, open up the relationship like there's I mean monogamy is a perfectly fine choice it's just about figuring out what's right for you really thank you so much frankie um honestly i wish we had longer a lot to think about (laughs) thanks frankie cheers Bye. bye so time for the question of the week paisley and um we're trying to take more from you guys so if you do have any please send them to us um this one says how to deal with a partner who rarely comes. It's knocking my confidence in what I'm doing. Um, It's quite a newish relationship, but it's every time we have sex or any sort of sexual activity. I've not brought it up with him yet as I'm quite shy with that sort of thing. I wasn't sure if it might be embarrassing for him. He does seem to still enjoy sex and blowjobs without orgasming, but each time it makes me worry that I'm not good enough. I know, I totally get this. Like, I don't know if you've ever had it, but I've had it where I'm just, you know, pumping away on the old peen and you're like, (laughs) is am I what's like do you like it or and then it makes you feel really shit about yourself you're laughing but. no but I, I it was a pumping on the peen that made me laugh just to <laughs> clarify I'm not laughing at anything else no I totally agree yeah, I've, yeah, no. I haven't had it um like continuous like that but when it does because it's going to happen to everyone yeah you are like oh it's me yeah exactly and like it's such a vulnerable situation to be in having sex with someone that you don't know that well um because she says it's still quite yeah. new and also it goes like it should go without saying that I don't expect sex to be really good and everyone to come and it to be great the first time because that's the first time you're like using that piece of machinery (laughs) do you know what I mean like you're not you haven't got the whole manual yet exactly um so I completely sympathize with her and I think loads of people worry about their own like proficiency in (laughs) at sex but I think first of all it's really important to remember that someone having an orgasm should not be the end goal of sex like I know it's often painted like that because when a man comes that's often the end but 
it's it's actually not the end goal of sex. The, the the point of having sex is to have fun and to bond and to you know have a good time. So them not coming doesn't mean that they haven't had a good time. So let's not conflate the two. Yeah. And do you think it is worth her bringing it out with him? I know that must be such a... Because also you don't want to imply that you think there's something wrong with them either. Um, so I totally understand why she hasn't done it yet. Yeah. Um, but do you think you need to have that discussion to like move forward? Oh, absolutely. Because otherwise it'll just become a thing, won't it? Like every time they have sex, she might be thinking, oh God, and then it's just going to make it worse and worse. And the thing is, I know it seems scary to bring this up with someone, but you're literally having sex with them. If you can't talk to the person you're having sex with openly, then that doesn't really like compute. You should be able to talk to them and you don't have to do it in a way that makes him feel embarrassed. Um, you could just tell him how you're feeling. And, you you know, often they, therapists say to make it an I feel statement, not you make me yeah. feel insecure. I feel insecure when this happens. And I know that's not your fault. You know, just don't put it on them. Talk about how it makes you feel. Because there might be, there could potentially be a medical reason why someone can't orgasm. You know, there's lots of medications and stuff that impact whether you can ejaculate. Or he might have performance anxiety or... He might just not be a very cummy person. Like you just don't know the reason why and you won't know until you speak to him. And that's the only way to deal with it, really, I think. Just imagine we're we're there by your side when you start that conversation. Or don't imagine us yeah. there. That, that's probably not helpful <laughs> um, at all. <laughs> um, thankfully, we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode of Cosmopolitans All The Way With. Thanks to Frankie for joining us and to you for listening. And if you have any more questions, please message us on Twitter or Instagram at Cosmopolitan UK. Cosmopolitan's All The Way With was recorded remotely by Number 8 Studios and is available to download on Acast, iTunes and all the usual podcast apps. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.